Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Beauty in the Brain podcast, a psychology podcast that touches on different subjects throughout mental health and the working world around it. For today's episode, I would like to touch on a topic that has been growing significantly over the last few years and has certainly not stopped given our situation with COVID over the last year or so, which is online therapy. This is something that I wanted to start looking into after I had lunch with a buddy of mine before the start of this last semester of college. He was a senior last year, so unfortunately his college days were cut short, and he said one of the reasons he was so bummed about it was because he ended up losing his relationship with his therapist. He said to me, you know, I was going once a week, right after practice, I was having a good relationship with the therapist. I was making really good progress and and all of a sudden I just I lost it out of thin air and I said you know man that is that is really too bad Um, have you looked into online therapy at all and he said no for a couple of reasons the first reason he gave was cost so since we're at college we get access to free counseling services which is super nice because as college students you know we might not have the money to be able to throw down a couple hundred bucks a week for therapy and even once we graduate we might not have that yet so that's very understandable but the second thing he said was you know I felt like I couldn't develop another relationship like that with another therapist you know I felt really understood I felt really validated just because of this one person and I said well you know obviously that's not something that's realistic you know most therapists are are generally very accepting and understanding of of everyone's issues and they keep everything super professional you know that one's not necessarily as valid but it did make me raise the question of can you still develop the same relationship as a therapist and and is online therapy just as effective as online therapy and as I went through research I found out that a lot of it said that it was just as effective as face-to-face therapy and I found that very surprising and I wanted to look further into it. As I started digging further, I realized that there were two different types of mental health discussion services. One is obviously therapy and the other one is coaching. While they use the same therapeutic strategies in both, their approaches are vastly different. Therapy is a retrospective, patient-led discussion that tackles identifiable issues interfering with levels of functioning and then tackles unconscious issues to repair damage from prior experiences, whereas coaching is a prospective, goal-setting, coach-led discussion where the coach will come into a discussion with ideas and suggestions about how their client can reach their goals and maximize untapped potential that they didn't know they had. One of the other major differences between therapy and coaching is therapy generally revolves around improving one's interpersonal health and tackling an identifiable issue such as depression or anxiety, whereas coaching is generally based around goals that involve business or work objectives, meaning that coaching is aimed to help improve one's life with external sources rather than through internal sources. That being said, this creates a distinguished gap between who is allowed to do online therapy and who is allowed to do online coaching. In coaching, Once the coach opens the door, the client walks through with little, if any, difficulty. In therapy, the client is more likely to be reticent not seeing the door or feeling afraid to find out what is on the other side. 
a therapist getting to see the patient to see the other side of the door is something that takes a lot of patience and a lot of knowledge in the field of psychology that take years and years of schooling and experience. So therapy is best left to be headed by licensed therapists and psychiatrists. Since people generally seek out coaches more and it doesn't have to deal with their past, virtually anybody can go on a coaching platform and learn how to do it. Let's take this into the context of children. When it comes to coaching kids in something such as organized sports, those who coach are generally the parents who are the ones that volunteer or just simply have the most knowledge on the sport. But I wouldn't just pick any willing parent to help a kid out with issues that come from ADHD or autism, for example. The difference in qualifications to be either a therapist or a coach also means there is a difference in pay between both of these services. If a certain online therapy service doesn't take your insurance, it can easily run you at least a couple hundred dollars. But certain coaching platforms can cost as little as $10 a month. After finding out all of this information, I decided to start surfing the web to find a coaching platform that I could use both as a coach and as a client, which led me to iPrevail. So iPrevail is a chat-based coaching platform. There's no video conferencing. It's just messaging with a coach through instant message chat rooms and doing interactive lessons that help you learn about kind of the basics of CBT. And as you go further and further into the course, it teaches you a little bit more about the the little bits of, of CBT and you know finer techniques to be able to get your thought process where you want it to be. So it's a $10 a month subscription and it's all CBT based, which I really like because I think it's the easiest way to get people to where they want to be is, is by changing your thoughts. In order to change your emotional appraisals about your environment, which in turn changes your behaviors within that environment, especially because since we've all been in lockdown, everyone's pretty much been in the same environment, and the only way we're going to get through being within that same environment is by changing your thought process. So I took the course on learning how to be a coach within iPrevail. I'm not sure if it looks or how different it looks if you just want to be a client on there. But even if you want to be a coach on there, you still have to go through a bit of a process of being the client just so you can learn about the basics of CBT if you've never worked within it before or don't know what it is. But even since I had worked with CBT before um, in various workplaces, it was still good to be able to go through it as a client just to be able to see how exactly this web website works and how iPrevail wants you to coach these clients. So once you sign up for iPrevail, it starts off by giving you an assessment where you pick from a multitude of different topics that you might be experiencing or it's it's things that are stressing you out so some of these topics can include things like depression anxiety drug use but it could also be just simple things like or not simple but rather less mental health ish specific topics such as loneliness you know student stress grief relationship stress things of that nature just so the website can figure out why you've chosen to seek out this type of service. Now it's important to know that once you choose these topics it doesn't go into detail about how they make you feel or you know how they've make you felt in the past because this isn't therapy this is coaching so they're not gonna tap into your past life they're not gonna try to help you with emotional processing or you know prior unconscious thoughts because 
business coaching, you know, these people aren't qualified to be able to deal with things of that nature. So from there, you're then assigned a coach to your account that you can chat with whenever they're online. The, this was one of the problems that I had with online therapy, which we'll touch on later on. But one of the problems I had with online therapy going through it is you can really only talk to your coach when they're online. So it's not like you can hit them up whenever, at least on this site. There are some different platforms where you can shoot them a text or give them a call if you feel like you need them. But with this, it's really only when they're online. You can have access to talk to other coaches if you want to, but if you're looking for a very specific relationship with one person, I would say that this site wouldn't be the best just because it's not something that I would want people to heavily rely on because they may not be there when you need them and there's no way of, of reaching out to them if they're not at their computer. But once you complete this assessment, you then start going through interactive modules that require you to answer questions and it basically just teaches you about the basics of CBT and it slightly contours them to your assessment that you took and then it contours them even further once you start answering the questions within these modules. Once you start learning more about CBT and how this program plans to change your thoughts and how these coaches are going to start interacting with you, you then make a goal which is then based on the SMART goal scale. So this goal has to be specific, measurable, attainable, reliable, and time-bound. One thing that I forgot to mention before I go any further, which is definitely worth noting, is as you go through these modules and you go through more of these interactions with coaches, you then earn points through iPrevail, which can then be redeemed into Amazon gift cards. And you can get a $5 Amazon gift card with as little as 250 points. And once you hit 5,000, you then are qualified for a $100 Amazon gift card. So there's a good incentive to be, to be looked at here, and it's something that can keep pushing people towards their goals. And I think, it's, I think it's a really good incentive, especially with quarantine that's been going on. I know things are starting to open up now, but people are still using Amazon more than ever. So if you're looking for a little extra money to spend at Amazon, I think this is a good way to do it, too, if you're also trying to go along with coaching as well. But once you create this goal, much of the interactions that you have with coaches and the modules that you go through eventually become based around this goal. So once you come up with this goal, you're then asked about how long you want to take in order to accomplish this goal, the specific reasonings behind it, the purpose behind it, if it's going to be relevant to your life. And once you fill out the more specific details to this goal, then your chat conversations with your coach or whichever coach um, you sign on with becomes part of that goal. So for example, my goal was to stop vaping. So when I had my first meeting with my coach about it, he would ask me a question such as, you know, if you're in a place or in a setting where people are vaping, but you don't want to do it, you know, what are you going to tell yourself? And I would say things like, oh, I'm going to look weird doing it. Like, I don't like how I look when I do that. I don't need it. You know, it hurts my lungs, whatever the reason may be. But it's about changing your thought process. And it's honestly been helpful. I feel like I'm definitely doing it less and I'm definitely on track towards my goal. My plan is to quit by, by summertime. So once I leave school, I feel like it'll be 
easier to quit that once I'm not in the college environment because I won't be around a lot of people that they when I'm home if at all honestly and so once I'm out of OU and around people that are constantly doing it will be a lot easier to quit but that's one of the issues with CBT and why some people don't choose to utilize it because it doesn't change your environment but I think it this can be effective because a lot of people have been stuck in the same environment for such a long time that the only way you can really change your perception about your environment is by changing your thought process. So I like it in this sense, but for some people I feel like it wouldn't necessarily work. So my overall thoughts on my experience with iPrevail have been I like it for the occasional social support and I do think it helps me achieve my goals, but I think it takes a lot more conscious effort than than in-person therapy because you're not talking directly to a person, you're just kind of looking at your computer screen reading someone that's typing out a message. So because you're not obligated to go to a specific location at a specific time like you would with in-person therapy since you kind of do this thing at your own pace where you just kind of log on whenever you feel like it and type away it's going to take a lot more discipline and a lot more conscious effort to be able to reach your goals just because you're not as held as accountable as you normally would be with an in-person dialogue. However, I can definitely see how some people would definitely favor online therapy over a face-to-face -face interaction. For example, for, for people who are, are heavily introverted, I can definitely see them, them benefiting from online therapy. It could make them more honest because they won't be as scared, I guess. Um, once they're not in that face-to-face -face relationship, they may open up a little bit more. They may be more honest, um, especially because it seems like online therapy is a lot less stigmatized than going to an in-person therapy, especially depending on the environment that you're in. If you're an adolescent child in a parental household that is against therapy, you may be able to just stay up in your room and, and do therapy in the comfort of your own room without having to worry about being bothered. Um, it's also a lot more cost effective in certain areas. Certainly if you go the, the actual therapeutic route, it might not be, but if you choose to do something like this, like coaching, it may it is definitely more cost effective. It's a pretty low monthly fee, and at least with iPrevail, they create incentives for people to be able to make a little bit of money at least through Amazon and create some sort of driving force behind sticking with your goals. That being said, however, I can definitely attest that there are a good amount of issues that I see with online therapy in comparison to in-person mental health services. One of the biggest ones I saw was it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to convey nonverbal communication or tone. You can do tone a little bit through the use of punctuation or even emojis in certain instances, but nonverbal communication is obviously completely shut down in this scenario. And nonverbal communication is something that I use very heavily when I'm counseling a person. Um, so as I've learned in other classes throughout my career in college, I found out that 60% of your communication is nonverbal. So I started implementing more nonverbal techniques when I'm doing in-person therapy. And one of the biggest things that I do that I found that has helped many, many patients that I've seen is mirroring. 
and this is where you perfectly or at least near perfectly mimic their seating position or standing position where they would fold your arms or stand however they're standing or sitting how they're sitting and it makes them feel a lot more connected to you and you look like you're listening a lot more attentively and this is something that is completely taken away from online therapy so you may not feel as deep of a connection without this nonverbal communication. Online therapy can also prove to make it significantly more difficult to develop a therapeutic alliance or a relationship with just one therapist. So as I said before with iPrevail, you can really only <clears throat> excuse me, talk to your coach if they're online. And if they're not, you have to talk with another one. So if you're the type of patient that likes to really hang on to one therapist or one coach, just for a comfort level, um, this may be something you wanna steer clear from, unless you choose something like BetterHelp is one of the biggest ones. They've been around for a while. They use licensed therapists and each patient is assigned to one specific counselor. So if you like to have a specific relationship with one therapist or coach, I would say go this route. But if you don't mind it necessarily, then you can certainly take the iPrevail route or there's many other platforms that you could use to gain social support or to help with any symptoms that you're experiencing. With online therapy, it's also harder to change your environment in certain circumstances. Certainly there are exceptions to this. You know, things are starting to open up back now. People are getting vaccinated, so it'll be easier to change your environment. But for some people that, you know, maybe they work a lot or they're still in an area where COVID is very prevalent or they have strict laws about leaving your house during this time, it will certainly be harder. And this can be a challenge with therapy because as you experience new thoughts, you wanna be able to take them into new scenarios so you can practice them in an unfamiliar area. And while changing your thoughts in the same environment is good, it's still a good feeling to be able to bring new thoughts into new scenarios and have them hold steady so you know that you're making true progress. It's also been shown in online therapy for there to be a lack of transference and countertransference. And for those who aren't familiar with what those terms are, transference is the client's unconscious redirection of feelings from a person in his life to the therapist. And countertransference is just the opposite. It's the therapist's conscience or unconscious redirection of a feeling toward the client. A lack of transference is bad because it can lead to a less developed therapeutic alliance. So when transference is seen from the therapist unconsciously through the patient, it lets the therapist know that there are underlying issues with the patient that need to be addressed, such as intimate issues or a fear of abandonment. Once these issues come to fruition, they can then be addressed by the therapist in a healthy and professional way. But if they are not discovered, these issues will be suppressed until they are eventually brought out, assuming they will have to be brought up in a face-to-face -face therapeutic dialogue. Lastly, one of the challenges that many therapists and coaches have said is very difficult to do with online therapy is managing crisis. So if a patient starts exhibiting suicidal ideation or breaks out into a severe manic stage, it's a lot harder to attempt to calm them down or to bring them back down to earth over the phone or over the computer because the patient can just simply turn their phone off or shut their computer down and 
go about their business. There's nothing the therapist can do. Whereas if you're in an in-person session or you're at an inpatient facility, you can't really leave anywhere. You can't exactly storm off. And even if you somehow are able to, you can be tracked down or you eventually will have to go back. And it's certainly much more helpful for the patient if you are in the room with them and are doing the correct things in order to calm them down. So my final thoughts about online therapy, online coaching, in-person therapy, and the comparisons between the three, which ones you should be doing. I feel like if you're a relatively high-functioning person, but maybe you want to be pushed a little bit more towards your goals, maybe you want just a little bit more social support, I would say that online coaching could be a good outlet for you. If you feel like your functioning is a little bit more impaired and you feel like you need more attention, but you're introverted or you don't have access to in-person therapy or the funds to do it, I would say snooping around for a good online therapist could be a good outlet for you. But if you're somebody that's experiencing suicidal ideation, severe manic stages, any really severe mental illness, I would highly suggest that you look for an inpatient service rather than an online service because I don't think online therapy will be will be super helpful for that. And a lot of these online therapists and online coaches use CBT, which definitely do not attack things like schizophrenia, OCD, and suicidal ideation, which would be very tricky for those. So I would say if if your functioning level is very low and you need a lot of help, I would I would highly suggest that you go see an inpatient, an in-person therapist. Well, that does it for this first episode of Beauty in the Brain, and I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this, and I will be signing off. Thank you guys once again, and enjoy.